Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for Streams in the Desert. I'm joined today by Pastor Steve McBride, one of my colleagues here at Cork Church, and a very, very dear friend and old friend, Pastor Lee Ship, all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, in the United States. He's the senior pastor of uh, First New Testament Church. And Lee, delighted to see you again and have you here live with us here at Cork Church. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. What an honor it is to be with you. It's good to see both of you as well. I tell you, through all of this uh, COVID and pandemic, I have really missed coming over to Ireland to see y'all, but I can't wait till it all opens back up. Amen, amen. You've been coming over here like maybe, what, 16, 17 years now, maybe longer? Yeah, at least. It's been a long time. It's been a wonderful friendship and family. You, start, you started when you were about 10 years old, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feels like it feels like another lifetime ago, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I actually I remember when you came over and preached for us in, in, in the church, and we took you and Lee and a few friends off for a kind of a mountain drive. And one of your boys he caught a sheep, remember that? Yeah, I remember <laughs> I said, that. <laughs> I bought these wild men from, from Louisiana, and they're running after the sheep up the mountainside, and as if they've never seen a sheep. <laughs> and if you remember, he had to move with the van moving because the sheep would run away if he just saw him. So we rode by and we had the van door open and you're driving past, and he jumps out of the moving van onto the sheep. Oh, it was so if funny. You, <laughs> any, anybody, anybody listening today, you understand what I'm dealing with now today in this interview. Okay. This is sort of, this will give you a little bit of a texture of what these wild Louisiana men are like. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so praise the Lord. Well, Lee, just give us a little update. Tell me how's it meant for you and, and Carly and, and the church. And if, give us a little bit of family up. Any grandchildren yet? Nothing happening like that? Not uh, give us yet. A bit of news. Yeah, not yet. But we're, I, I tell you, we have grand dogs. Um, you know, <laughs> I kids love their dogs. But we're praying for grandchildren. Um, but that's, that's not... Uh, that's not happening at this moment, but um, it's really good. We're doing well. I appreciate you asking, and it's an honor to be with you, Nick and Steve. I appreciate the opportunity just to have some fellowship with you and talk to you and, and let you know what uh, we are doing and how we have uh, functioned, really, through this pandemic because it's been global and we've all been through it, but we're doing well. Um, Carla and I, Carla's my wife, and, um, and, and we have been very healthy through all of this. As, as a matter of fact, everybody in our family uh, did get the virus. We, uh, we all had COVID mm. and uh, we did very well with it. Um, we, we really didn't have much complications at all, which we're very thankful for. Uh, we do understand that a lot of people and some of our friends, you know, had a lot more uh, difficulty <clears throat> Than we did, but um, our kids are doing great. They're all with us in ministry. Uh, they're serving the Lord here in our church and Fantastic. leading worship and Bible studies, and young people's groups and stuff. So it's exciting to watch and um, and just see their heart for the Lord. And, um, yeah. well, and one, one of one of the things one of the things I've noticed about your services because I've tuned in a few times, Pastor Lee, is that there's a lovely, lovely mix of young and old. And I remember you, you tell me a couple of years ago about how a lot of young people started to come and join you in prayer. Would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, um, I, I really think that one of the things that I love about grace is it brings liberty and it brings freedom um, that, that Jesus has qualified us. And so when that is real, then it really just opens the doors for people to be able to serve the Lord. And you're not being funneled through the stigma of everybody's expectations. You're just serving God. And so the young people have that freedom and there's a real excitement because it's not like the young people are doing everything and the, and the older generation is watching them. It's mixed and mm. it's really beautiful because 
I believe that is the work of the Holy Spirit. We're one body with many members. And so we've been able to see that take place. And there's an excitement there. There's a lot of support. And um, and we have been having some really incredible prayer meetings. Uh, typically, our prayer meetings on Sunday nights. And we'll have some throughout the week as well. But it's an exciting time of prayer. Um, it's not the kind of prayer meeting where you just kind of come in and you find a chair and you just kneel and you're tucked away for an hour, but it's really an interactive prayer meeting where there's yeah. a lot of worship, there's praise, there's uh, interceding for one another, there's communion, there's believing yeah. for healing and miracles. Okay. And it's, it's really brought an excitement um, <laughs> to a lot of young people throughout the city who, who love to come, you know, we've, we've had from a lot of denominational backgrounds, people coming into our prayer meetings from Baptist and Methodist, and we've even had some Lutherans come and Presbyterians um, just come and join us in a mm. Holy Ghost prayer meeting. And, um, and I'm telling you, it's just been wonderful to see, because you see, God's not boring. Prayer became boring. Absolutely. Yeah. point in the past, but not because God's boring, we're boring. And God is so exciting. And and I just believe when we can get out of the way and just really seek the Lord and let God come, oh my gosh, he is the most wonderful person to be with. Mm. And and I believe he attracts people to himself. So I appreciate you asking about that, Steve. But yeah. the young people are excited and and very involved in going out into the harvest field and and really trying to bring in people to Christ. It's good to watch. Yeah. Mm. What sort of what sort of insights can you share with the Irish people and even Irish pastors, Lee, about concerning the time that we're living in? What sort of what are you seeing yourself in the spirit? Um, let me, if I can, uh, I'd like to talk about that from the natural to the spiritual, if I can, just to kind of let you know some stuff that we're dealing with, because, you know, and I say it this way because Jesus was just always spiritual as he walked in this life and lived with his father, he was led of the spirit and did everything through the Lord. Um, but he was moved with compassion by what he saw. Um, and he would see people suffering and it. And the Bible says his compassions were stirred in him and he acted. And I would honestly say that a lot of things that have happened over the past year have, have come from that. There's been a compassion in the body of Christ um, number one, for the Lord and for his glory. Um, and number two, for people that are just confused. Some are fearful. Uh, people are scared and others are suffering from sickness and illnesses. So this, this avenue of ministry has uh, really been manifest. Those needs were always there, but they've been manifest. So here in my city and in my state, which is Louisiana, um, in the United States, and we are on the southern part of our country. Uh, we're between Texas and Mississippi. Um, and so we have been very fortunate. Um, we have had the lockdowns uh, in 2020, uh, around March and April, and started lifting in May. Um, but we met for prayer meetings. We had the limitation of 10 uh, people that could come to the services. And so we would stream and we would do the video services and stuff. But people just came out to the property and I'm to every day. And they just came out praying and seeking mm -hmm. the Lord. And I talked to our sheriff and let him know what we were doing. And because we didn't want to be, you know, a problem to him. And he was very accommodating. We were we were, you know, doing all of the measures for precautions and safety, but people just wanted to come and pray and they're all over the property doing it. And it was beautiful. And then uh, we were fortunate in our state because things started to lift. We're still, um, we're, we're now at a place of a lot of, uh, a lot more freedom. Uh, people are still wearing masks, but not everybody does. Um, we, we are free to have services. Um, our, there's not much of a limitation on our gathering, um, that, uh, we're still trying to be very cautious. We have several services at our church and some of those mm -hmm. services, uh, are very controlled as far as distance and mask wearing and everything to cater to those who have health, health issues, but want to come yeah. to church. <clears throat> but 
Texas, uh, the state next to us, they've lifted all restrictions. There's no mask mandate. There's no um, number mandate. Florida is also lifting a lot of its uh, restrictions. But then you have like New York and you have California and you have uh, Washington and Oregon and other states that are still very, very restrictive. Um, the, 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 the government has... Uh, issued stimulus checks to the people, um, trillions of dollars of debt that we now have in order to um, give support and help to restaurants and businesses and people who are not working and they're shut in. Um, and I, I personally believe this is going to be a problem down the road because we really don't have the ability to fund this kind of debt. So people are suffering um, because even with the stimulus, that's not enough to really pay the bills and pay the mortgage and pay their car notes and food and all of that. Mm -hmm. So you have been very proactive in helping people. We have had the privilege of helping other churches throughout the country. We have helped pay their mortgages, their church mortgages, their, their own house housing bills, um, we have helped take care of their needs so that the church could continue. We've been fortunate to have the income to be able to do that. And so that's what we've been doing. And um, I'm in communication with some of our friends, uh, Nick, around the world. Uh, we have a we have a pastor who's in charge of the uh, Pentecostal churches in Church of God in Spain and they're suffering a real hunger crisis there right now in Spain. The, the, their pantries are empty um, and they feed thousands of people a month and, and their pantries are literally empty. And so we've been sending finances over there to help stock those pantries. But and in Peru, they're in a shutdown, much like y'all. The churches are not able to meet. Um, this this is uh, in Central America, like the Dominican Republic. They're beginning to come out their countries are, are opening up and their churches are meeting, but there's restrictions. And mm. so there's a complication in the world. And, um, and I believe it, all of this that is going on really caused me to seek God. I mean, I had to hear from the Lord. I'm going to answer yeah. to God. This is my generation. It's the day that I live in and whatever happened in the past, you know, these men of the past were responsible, you know, whether it was like the Wesleys mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. that were happening in England mm -hmm. and they were raised up by God to bring revival. Well, they're not here today. This is, this is us. This is our <laughs> generation. And so mm -hmm. it's like, I need to know what God is saying. And so all of these things that were taking place, it's really caused us to seek the Lord, consult with other pastors, pray with them so that we're not, you know, just doing our own thing, but really trying to get the mind of God. And I really see and I have watched um, that churches that did everything they could possibly do to continue to enlarge the kingdom of God and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ have seen the favor of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord upon their mm. ministry. Yes. Amen. Absolutely supernatural. Absolutely right. Absolutely and, right. And that has been exciting. Um, yeah. If, if I do, I have a few more minutes to talk about this sure. because yeah. I was actually in California when this shutdown took place last year and I was grateful to be there. I was there on a holiday with my family and I, I was able to just go and really pray. And I believe God really spoke to me about some things. And, and I'll share with you now the spiritual aspect of this, because I believe that God really does love this world. I believe he mm. loves people that are in this world. And there was something that I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me years ago to show his love that, that he would die on a cross before he would allow people to die in their sins. Mm -hmm. He would die and suffer so that we would not have to die in our sins. And, and that is the magnitude of God's love for us is that he really does have that. Yeah. And, and guys, you know, <clears throat> I, I just believe that the greatest trouble and tribulation the world has ever seen 
is is coming soon. And I call that the tribulation period, um, whatever it may be. I believe it's about seven years long. And and um and I believe it's gonna be globally traumatic. And and I believe there's going to be horrific uh war and famine and pestilence and judgment on the earth. And at the end, you know, the well, the Antichrist is going to be very influential through all of that. And at the end, Jesus will return to deliver Israel from um, that destruction by the, the armies of the world, which we call Armageddon. If, and, and this is my heart, if the Lord is about to bring the greatest judgment the world has ever experienced, mm. mm-hmm. then I believe he will give the greatest demonstration of Jesus <laughs> the world has Amen. ever seen. Yeah. Good. That's good. And I, I, because he loves and it's not because he has to, it's because he wants to. Yeah. And and because he loves us and he wants this world to know Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. he wants this world to see the glory. So in saying that, um, we were studying in Acts 4 when the church is under its early persecution and they're uh-huh. being forbidden to speak in Jesus's name. And it's, uh-huh. it's kind of like, Hey, we don't want y'all talking about Jesus publicly. <laughs> you know? And it's similar to things happening today. So the apostles went to the prayer meeting and they prayed and uh-huh. they asked two things. They said, give us the boldness to preach your word. And we need you to stretch out your hand and work miracles and signs and wonders. We need you to demonstrate this truth Mm because they just saw a crippled man healed. And when the crippled man was healed, 5,000 men gathered around them where Peter could preach the gospel. And 5,000 men were saved by the preaching of the word, not because of the miracle, but because of the word that he preached. But the Holy Spirit did the wonder to draw the crowd. And so it was a it was this together, this cooperation with the church and the spirit of God. And so in Acts 4, that's what they're praying. We'll preach it. If you give us the boldness to preach it, the anointing to preach it, but we need you to do the works and the wonders. And of course, that comes through the church's hands. Well, what's so beautiful is the Lord answered that, right? In chapter yeah. four, he answered that. Uh-huh. And he answered uh-huh. it in two ways. <clears throat> and this is uh-huh. beautiful. And, and Nick, I think you will love this. Uh-huh. In verse 33, it says that he gave the apostles great power oh. to demonstrate or to witness the resurrection of Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. And to Ooh. me, that is so beautiful because that shows me and, and inspires me to believe for these last days that the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. That is the answer to oh. this hour, mm-hmm. yeah. that he gives great power to his church to demonstrate the resurrection and great grace upon us all. And if we don't operate in that grace, then we're going to stifle the power of the Holy Spirit from moving. We can quench him. We can hinder him. We can grieve him. It's Mm -hmm. not these groups in the world that are doing that. It would be his church. So that grace has to operate. And um, this is, so this is a little uh, phrase that God gave me, but it's really inspired me. And and it was this, according to Acts 4.33, When the Holy Spirit wanted to give irrefutable evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he did not take the world to an empty tomb. He took the world to a supernatural church in which Jesus was living. And they proclaimed Christ and the Holy Spirit showed the living Jesus by doing these wonders. And I believe God's going to do it again. I just believe he's going to give that demonstration in this hour. And not to say he's not doing it because Iran is experiencing a revival. China's experiencing a revival. There are places around the world that are experiencing it. And I believe God's going to do that in Europe. I believe he's going to do it in the United States. I believe we're seeing it. There's a revival of, of really understanding God's grace and God's power. There's a desperation for the Holy Spirit because God didn't send us out into the world to do something for him, but he sent us to do things with him and for him mm. to do these things through good. us. And so we, we walk 
with God. God walks mm -hmm. with us mm -hmm. and we are mm -hmm. to depend desperately on the Holy Spirit to do it all, mm. actually, to do it all. Yeah. And, um, and, and just to know that he will. You know, mm. I'll, I'll pause a moment if you have any questions. <laughs> no, I was just I was just thinking, you know, that first one Paul says that we've been made partakers of the divine nature. Now we understand that and on a soteriology level, on on a positional level, but also the divine nature of salvation and reaching this world that he in his sovereignty, he brings us into that walk with him to announce him and to share. You know, we are the light of the world at the end of the day. That's what he said, you know. So it's amazing that he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, that somehow he incorporates us into his plan like that. It pleased the Father to reveal his son in me or through me. So oh, praise God. I attest the same. I think it will be a supernatural time. I think you're going to see uh, it's it's quite cyclical in the in the life of the Christian church down two thousand years. You've hit lows, highs in between times, but each time it's going to be a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. And I think you're right to distill down from the early church as it was in the beginning. So shall it be at the end, you know. And I think that we're going to see supernatural signs on the heaven and the earth. And I go, I, I do believe that even the normal the normal Christian is going to start rising up in the power of God. And that's really where the church. Would be seen for what she is, where men and women once again start to believe. Isaiah 51, who shall believe our report? Who will ever believe it if we don't believe it ourselves? And I think there's going to be faith coming back into the heart of the people of God, particularly when you look at the bankruptcy of, of, every, of every type of ism, from, the, you know, from every sort of religion. I mean, where do you turn to, Lee? I mean, presidents, <laughs> you know, come on, you know, uh, the United Nations, the World Health Organization, uh, all, you, you want to go to Bruce Springsteen for help, you know, uh, you know <laughs> I mean, where do you turn to now? You know, where are all the big wigs philosophers that wave their fists in the face of God with all their vaunted behavior? They are silent. They have no yeah. answer in the light of a little virus, but we're the only ones that know what's going on. God is a plan and he's raising us up again. Amen. Jesus Hallelujah. will have his glory. He will. Hallelujah. He, he, Hallelujah. Uh, and, and just piggybacking on that, Nick, I, I, Jesus said some things. He said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And he also, the first miracle that Jesus did was to turn the water into wine. wine. Yeah. And the comment about that miracle was that the wedding the governor of the wedding, he said to the wedding party, you saved the best to last. And I believe there's a prophetic word in that. And what I believe in that message is because the what happened out of that miracle is says his disciples believed on him and he was glorified. Mm -hmm. and I believe the Lord wants to do something today where the people believe on Jesus and he is glorified. And yeah. so turning the water to wine, saving the best to last. I don't say this with any disrespect to our forefathers because I thank God for them and they were all, mm. they, they did what God wanted them to do. Yeah. But we're not inferior to no. the fathers that walked before us. Amen. Amen. Because it's not about how great men are. It's how great our God is. Absolutely and it's not right. the ability of man's talent but it's the anointing of the Lord. So I don't say anything with disrespect to our forefathers. No. I love no, God form, but why can't this be the greatest generation and not for our boasting, but no. for the glory of the Lord. And just to have, I, I just, I want to inspire and stir up believers to, to just believe in the possibility of the Holy spirit in their life, that, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That has to yeah. be more than a verse. That's got to become the reality. And we have to believe that, listen, yeah. we're it. We're the church right now. We're the preachers. We're the believers. We're the intercessors. We're the worshipers. We're the praisers. We're the singers. We're, we're the evangelists. We're the ones that are going to go into the schools, to our workplaces, to talk to people on the phone and young people that are, are just so tempted with suicide. The young people that might be watching this right now, you're the evangelist. You're it. And you need yeah. to believe that he who is in you has the power to answer the depression and the, the despair that's in your friends. And you need to believe for God to bring that out of you because Amen. I really believe this can be and should be the greatest generation. Amen. We, Amen. 
people saved. We will see the glory of God. We will see the miracles of the Lord, but not for our boasting, but yeah. for the Lord's glory. And, and I believe the Holy Spirit's jealous for that. And, and that's exciting to me. Yeah. You know, one of, yeah. one of the first books, my, uh, my father was a great lover of history and um, he didn't have any real formal education, but he was self-educated, was a voracious reader. And I remember one of the first books he gave me as a young Christian was Fox's Book of Martyrs. Mm. <laughs> and uh, wow. yeah, I know, well, and you'd hear of you know, these young boys at the age of 14 expiring after the seventh day of torture or whatever, or being burnt at the stake for the gospel. And I remember thinking, man, they were they were just better than us. They just were they were men, they were steely men. They were they were a different generation. They were the like the World War One two generation today. But the Holy Spirit said exactly the same to me. It wasn't about them. All flesh is the same. Yeah. All the vices that that hit our generation hit their generation. There's nothing new under the sun. And human human ability is not any better or any worse today. It's all about who is in you. The true identity. And coming to realization of the power that wills and works within you, His good pleasure, and I think that is is coming into alignment with our identity, and and embracing that is a start to victory. Because that that's you hear a lot of people talking about who you are in Christ. I hear about it so often that I'm nearly fed up with hearing about it. You know what I mean? And I'm a minister, but the fact of the matter is so true. And but you can only go so far in telling people that it needs to come nearly by revelation. You know, yeah. you, you, we have to help them doctrinally. Of course, you bring them to the argument. You, you, you reinforce. You keep on coming inside. But I know for me, it came by a revelation of understanding the new covenant, which I think we might shift to now because I know there was a journey in your life, similar to my own life and Stephen's life here, that uh, as ministers for many, many years, with, you know, varying degrees of success and stuff, you come to a kind of a moment in the road, a kind of a, a junction in the road where you're reconfronted again with a lot of how you emphasized either like what we started off with prayer. I mean, prayer for me was like assume the position up against the wall. <laughs> you know, it was, like, yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was something you learned. And it was like chewing lemons in the sense that I, I used to go to these big prayer meetings. I won't tell you where, but uh, people would walk up and down and they're all looking at each other praying. There was nobody who was like, who's who's at the prayer meeting. And uh, and you were judged by how many words, how, how white knuckles you were, how many tears you, you drew from your face. But And so all of that, you know, fed into that sort of view where you come to a time as a minister, you say, what's this about? What is the gospel? Hmm. What are we preaching? Why should people come to our church? Because we've got good coffee afterwards and we're just a bunch of nice people. Um, you know, what, what is our message? What is the core of the gospel again? And, and, and here, this is my journey as a minister. I, I mean, you get to that place, you say, I need to start finding out what this is all about again. This has become very convoluted. And then at the time of testing, which, I mean, everything's tested. You might get a long way on your wit, your youth as a minister or as a Christian, but man, the storm will come where it starts to really bellow against the very core of your understanding of your soteriology, your salvation message, and who God is and what the, the whole thing is about. But I know for me, it's a similar, it was a similar journey to yourself. Uh, for me, it was, of course, coming in contact with David Wilkerson and Carter Conlon, two godly men that, that started to you know, re-ask some questions of their own theology and doctrinal outlook because it does cast a die. If you, I, I always tell people that I, I started off very young in the building at 15 years of age when I started into building as an electrician, but on the on the building sites, and I watched many buildings, and I saw many foundations going in, and most of the time they were great, but there was always that odd house, that odd building that had a faulty foundation. And when the foundation was off, the, bu mm. the building either leaned this way or leaned that way. And spiritually, it's the same. It's either going to lean licentiously if it's built from the wrong foundation, or it's going to lean into legalism. And both yeah. are vices that bring people into terrible bondage and terrible frustration. But can you share a little bit about your own journey? Because everything you're saying comes from a well that is so firmly placed upon not you <laughs> that yeah. it, it's, it's, it, it's refreshing to hear you talk because it's not, I hear nothing at the moment. I've heard nothing since this conversation started about what you're doing, about you about how much you have done, how much is, I've, I've heard what God is doing in you. And as a result, you know, the water is going, it's pure that's coming up. But share a little bit of your journey with the new covenant with the church today. Well, I appreciate that opportunity because this really means everything to me. Um, mm. and, and there is a price with truth. 
Um, you know, Paul was never thrown into prison for preaching Moses. He was tortured in prison for preaching grace. grace. And, yeah. and uh, they were very offended at his message. Um, and Paul was misunderstood. And he, there was a lot of things levied against him, lies that were said about him that, you know, Paul's going around and preaching against Moses and the preaching against the people. And he wasn't, he was preaching that Moses was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he, so he respected that. And he, and he respected and, and valued that law of God, which Paul said was holy and spiritual and valuable, but it was done away with in Jesus. And when yeah. you say something like that, people immediately begin to think, Oh, so you, you know, so everybody's going to sin and they're just going to do what they want to do. And it's just a misunderstanding. And, you know, they brought that same charge against Paul. Yeah, and absolutely Paul did. had to write his letters and say, look, do we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Yeah. But they yeah. brought the same charge against Paul. It was just a made up lie. And a lot of these religious Pharisees today are doing the same things against yeah. those that are preaching a biblical grace. Um, so, it's wonderful when theology becomes experiential um, and things that you know are true in the word of God begin to really become a weight of glory inside of you. And this is really what happened in my life. It's like, I've, I, I mean, we're evangelical Christians, right? So we all believe in grace. We all believe that we're saved um, by grace, grace. you know, and, and faith in the Lord. And what the Bible says is you received him, so walk ye in him. So how did you receive him? By grace through faith. So how do you mm. walk by grace through faith? That's how we live. So for me, it's, it's the definition of grace it means everything because in the Greek, whenever you read the word grace in the new Testament, the, the most important definition of that is the divine influence of God upon the human heart and mind affecting the life and the behavior of that person. Now, if that is grace, who has a problem with that? Who has a problem with only that? Because if grace is God himself divinely influencing you, in your heart, in your mind, in your life, sanctifying you, dealing with you as a father would his child. Well, can God not make us holy? Can God's influence in us not keep us? Is the church a better Holy Spirit than the Holy Spirit? And so I believe that we should be leading people into a real intimate relationship with the Lord and and where God himself can be the influence in their life, mm -hmm. walk in the light as he is in the light. So that to me is grace. It's not just God's unmerited favor. And so, okay, you sin. So God pats you on the back and says, it's okay. No, according to Titus chapter two, the grace of God that has appeared He's teaches us how to live godly and soberly and righteously in this present world, denying ungodliness. So that's what God's grace teaches us. Mm. And so I, I love holiness. I love the holiness. But the Bible tells me that I have been imputed with the holiness of Jesus. I have been imputed with the righteousness of Jesus. And this is hope for so, all. Sorry to interrupt you, Lee. Would you, would you just explain that word imputed? Just for, for our listeners. Well, it, it means to word. put into the account of another. Yeah. It means yeah. to put into that account. So God has put into my account that. Let me explain it this way. Um, when our father Adam sinned in the garden, he imputed to our us sin and death. So all we have to do to be bound up in the nature of sin and die is to be born of Adam. Mm. That's all we have to do because we're born sinners and we're, we're, we're born under the wrath of God because we're his children and his disobedience was put to our account. And therefore we're all under this wrath of God. So God in his great love for us sent a second Adam 
Jesus, who is without sin and did not sin. And just as the first Adam's sin and disobedience was imputed to us that we all die, now in Christ, his obedience and righteousness is imputed to us so that we all can live. Like, and what yeah. did you do to be a sinner and die? You were born. And what do you do to be righteous and live? You're born yeah. again. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and that's just the simplicity of it. And, you know, Jesus said, you can't put new wine into old wineskins because they will burst and you will lose everything. You can't put this new covenant into the old covenant. No, you can't. It will It'll burst and you'll lose everything. And this is what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 2 and 3. And he said, there are those who are the ministers of the letter, and that brings death. And if you study 2 Corinthians 3, it's a comparison between Moses, the old covenant, and the glory mm -hmm. of the new covenant. Mm -hmm. And it's right. these two things set against each other. And it takes the power of the Holy Spirit you said it, Nick, the revelation. It yeah. takes that to move a person out of the old covenant into the new covenant. So what happens and is, is very typical is like, you know, we have very sincere, well-meaning ministers who want to preach truth and they do preach truth. They preach the letter. They preach. I mean, it's the truth. It really is. You can't deny it. I mean, Moses was truth, you know, yeah. and uh, you can't deny that. It's it, But they'll preach that letter and they'll kill and they don't understand it. And so they'll they'll study that next week and they're going to get their congregations again. They're going to bring the truth. And, and instead of life coming and people thriving in Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, there's fear and there's bondage and there's 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 like I never measure up. I never live up to the standard. And then the preachers just keep hammering it and the churches don't really grow. And the yeah. preachers conclude, yeah. well, I guess they just don't want the truth. Nobody mm. wants the truth. No, that's not the answer. The answer mm -hmm. is there is the ministry of the spirit that brings life. And you can't preach both because the spirit is ministering life. And the old covenant is the ministry of death and condemnation. And it is by the power of the Holy Spirit we're moved out of that into the glory of the new. Well, this was exciting to me because this became a reality in my life. And if if you would ever have me back, maybe a testimony, because it would take a while. But um, in 2009, my, my father was diagnosed with mesothelioma, and he was given six weeks to live. A week later, one of my dearest friends was B.H. Clendenin, and he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given six weeks to live. Six weeks later, my dad passes away. A week later, Pastor Clendenin passes away. So these two great men in my life have just suddenly exited my life. And, um, and just prior to that, prior to their death, um, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm going to take you through a valley. I'm going to take you through a very dark place. And it is not going to be easy. And I told the Lord, I don't want to go. I just forget it, you know, get somebody else. And the Lord just mm -hmm. said, to me, you don't understand, son. I'm not asking your permission. I'm telling you. <laughs> and you need to, you better stay close to me because I'm the only one that can lead you out of this. And God was going to strip me of religious religiousness and pride. Oh my gosh, I'm so full of pride and arrogance and, and, you know, just uh, a superiority attitude, you know, all of these things. God's just, he just, I'm, I'm going to begin to strip you down and I'm going to expose you and, 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 and your corruptions. And 
I'm, I'm going to do this because I want to free you. Yeah. And I, I never went through a harder time in my life. And, and well, it was years, Nick, it was years where I had to have God. Mm-hmm. I had to have more than a scripture or more than a Bible text or more than a nice little sermon to preach about God's love. I had to have it. I had to have yeah. God. I had to have Jesus. Yeah. He, he, he had to be there. And that's where the truth of grace became my experience because God was tearing me down. Mm. And he, in the same time, was holding me together by his mm. own power. And I was losing confidence in myself, mm-hmm. but I was gaining all confidence mm-hmm. in Jesus. And that's what God's grace was doing in my life. And I learned, oh my gosh, you know, I'm really, I'm really being set free, not to sin, but to be free yeah. from that, to be free from sin, and and to, to be free not to, to be free, be free not to sin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a power at work, and and I'm not perfect now by any means. I'm not perfect, you know, um, but I have, I have all of my hope is in Jesus, and I know He will perfect me. I know he will awesome. sanctify me. I know that he loves me. And, and you know, that's, that's the heart. And the Bible says in Galatians that faith works by love. And it that meant a lot to me because maybe the problem today is not a lack of faith in believers, but a lack of love. Because that's how faith works. It works by love. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have love... Mm-hmm. We might have all the faith, but it can't work. And so it's that love that comes from the understanding God's grace to us. Absolutely. Not just his pardoning favor, but his divine assistance in our life. And when when you believe that, then, oh, praise God, you don't have to be the pastor and the Holy Ghost anymore. You can just be the minister. And trust people to the Holy Spirit because if they're really good. born again, is he not a good father? Can he not change? <laughs> exactly right. Yes. All you, of you know, yeah, you know you're, you're absolutely right because that, that follows through even now. We, we've, we've probably seen more people saved during lockdowns than we did in 2019. Yeah. Uh, but our, and our big concern is always, well, Lord, how are we going to disciple them? But they're his. I mean, they're genuinely, genuinely are his. They're, some are what will be watching this during the week. And they're only young, young, young Christians with loads of questions. But undeniably, they're born again. And he's going to foster them. He's going to grow them. He's going to bring them on the journey with them. But, you know, uh, what you went through is exactly the same for, for us, our own. You know, living that sort of, um, you know, uh, treadmill Christianity for so long, you know, you know, you Walking on this treadmill, do you love me more now, Jesus? Have have I lost enough weight yeah. today? Have I put enough yeah. time in? Uh, it's like the Daisy. He loves me. He loves me not. You know, yeah. and gauging. You know, blessed assurance. Wish it was mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. You know, right. Oh, what a short taste of glory divine. That was the sort of theology <laughs> that that we actually. Yeah, it, that's how we outworked. And I tell you, for me, it was when when I saw that the new covenant. In one way, as it has everything to do with me, has nothing to do with me in another way, <laughs> that God himself makes a covenant with Jesus. Because up to now, my teaching as a minister was little different than the old covenant. We got rid of the slaughter of a lot of sheep and cattle. So yippee for them. Uh, but we keep all the works and we add Christ to it. You know, So it's a little bit like Mark 2 when Jesus is talking to the disciples of John in that passage. And they're hanging around Jesus because John is either dead, I think, or in prison. And they watch Jesus' liberty. And they come. You can imagine they come up to Jesus and they're kind of tiptoeing because they know he's a special man because John said he's the, man, the Lamb of God. But they say, <clears throat> Jesus, uh, why is it that we fast and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't? Now, they did want to say to him, but you don't either, Jesus. But they're too—they were too nice about it. Okay, they just wanted to have a discussion. But they yeah. were honest. Old, they were honest Old Testament students. They—they—they they, they, the, to them was all about the adherence of the law. They had to keep a covenant. 
They had to hold it religiously strict to keep the favor of God, you know. And all of a sudden, they're watching disciples not washing their hands. Jesus eating, picking heads of corn on the Sabbath, you know. He's even healing on the Sabbath. And he could have done it on a, on a, on a Sunday. Why did, he, why did he not say to the blind man, come back tomorrow and I'll do the healing tomorrow. All these things are whizzing around. And you're right, Jesus said, you're not going to take me and pour me into that old covenant because I'll rip it apart. You're not going to take my new wine and pour it into that old wineskin because it'll rupture. And that's why Christianity is rupturing because we've tried to take Christ, fit him into the old covenant where yeah. he says, another, he said, you know, you don't take a new patch and put it on an old garment. And what he was saying is that I'm not a little patch to patch up your theology. It's not Jesus and the law. Jesus and the works. It's it's I am the whole vine. I am the whole patch. I am the whole garment. So it's and I, and then to see that how it moves in the new covenant to the emphasis that you and I are to the sidelines. We've had two and a half thousand years of trying to obey the law, and uh, nobody. I looked for a man among them who would stand in the gap in behalf of the people, and I found none. None. Nobody. Do you think we're better than the previous generation or the next generation? Nobody can stand in the gap. I hate these preachers to say, stand in the gap, stand in the gap. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll try, I'll try, but it ain't going to work. One stood in the gap. Amen. And so, and I won't, I, and I've stopped, stopped trying to touch the glory because I won't share that glory with no other, says the Lord. But then to see God's plan from Genesis 3.15, the proto-evangelium, the first gospel preached, the seed of the woman will crush the head. Yeah. And he makes covenant with the man Christ Jesus. Yeah. And so he upholds a new covenant. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's not about me on the treadmill anymore. This is an eternal new covenant between God the Father and God the Son. Completely all the terms have been met of his side, the Father's side and the Son's side. Yeah. And and we're like Mephibosheth of the Old Testament. We get to be brought to the table because we're related to Jonathan, who had a covenant with David. You know, no yeah. merit, no, nothing you've done. Yeah. Other than you had to believe the report and, and, and take the king's uh, grace and come to the table. And, and that's us. We're the broken, disheveled, disenfranchised sons of kings uh, that have now been brought in and set at the table, not Praise on our own earth, but because God the Father and, made and, a covenant with God the Son. Yeah. And, and, you know, Paul says in Galatians that the promise of this covenant that he was going to make with his son we get to enter it by faith. And so Abraham believed that 400 years before the law was ever given. Oh, that's right. And Paul says very clearly in Galatians, he said, when that covenant of law came, it did not disannul the covenant 400 years earlier that God gave by faith our promise that mm -hmm. if you believe, if you will have faith, I will impute that to you as righteousness. So what Moses brought did not disannul that. Yeah. Jesus came and fulfilled Moses. Fulfilled it, yeah. And he, in fulfilling it, removed it from those who were coming to him by faith. If, if, if you're not born again in Christ, you're still under that law of condemnation. That's right. When you consider... When the Bible talks about the eternal covenant, which is the new covenant, yeah. it's and, and John sees as if it were a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the yes. world. So, I mean, to, not to confuse everybody listening, but you could accurately say that the new covenant is the first covenant, is the eternal covenant. Exactly. And, and, and these other covenants were brought in as a shadow because man was under the false belief that he could fix himself if he was given the rule book. Amen. That's what it was about. Adam bought into a theology when he took the tree of knowledge. Give right. me the knowledge, God, and I'll fix my problem. Right. Give me the knowledge, and uh, through science, knowledge, religious practice, right. we will elevate ourselves to a different place. And he had right. to run that road because that's why the law was given. The law was given as a schoolmaster to frustrate us to the fact that, my God, I am no good thing dwells in this flesh. I can't do it. You know, it's, yes. it's, it's impossible for me to do it. Now I might be ready to embrace the eternal covenant or the new covenant of Christ and the Father, because that's the only deal in town. Everybody has failed for two and a half thousand years. They just fell flat. Yeah. And, uh, and I know better than my fathers. I'll fall flat too if I live that way as well. I have yeah. to put my confidence in what Christ has done. And we are complete then in him, true faith. Amen. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how much time we have. I, I don't want to 
take too much. What do we got? We got about five minutes. Yeah. Well, let me go, let go me ahead. say something in, in regards to that because really it's my desire for for people to just know the liberty and the freedom. You know, that law was given and it's not of faith. It's not of faith. And and that's exactly right, Nick. The law was yeah. given to to be a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But once we come to Christ, we don't need that schoolmaster anymore. And That's it's right. not, and it's not Amen. now in this new covenant, which people absurdly insinuate. It's not now. Oh, so you're under grace. You can have as many gods as you want. Or oh, you're under grace. So you can commit adultery. Or oh, you're under grace. So you can commit murder. No, no. What that law declared was good. There should be no other gods. We should not murder. We should not lie. But now by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, which is grace in operation, we can see those things fulfilled in our life by his working in us. But oh, I'll yeah. say this, and I really pray people will hear this. You know, there there might be ministers and people listen and say, well, I'm under grace and I'm not an advocate of the law and Moses, but look how cleverly it gets in. Romans chapter four says, you can be in a relationship with God on the basis of debt or faith. And I encourage you to study Romans four. Are you in a relationship with God on the basis of debt or on the basis of faith by works or by grace? And he says very clearly, Abraham was on the basis of faith. And if your relationship with God is on the basis of debt, which a lot of people mix that in there, they mix Moses in and you see it all the time, because if it's on the basis of debt, you never know if you paid enough. But if it's on the basis of faith by grace, then the promise is sure. And so doesn't the Bible say that the promises are in Christ? Yes. Amen. Amen. And so we go to God all the time. I've heard this so much in my life growing up. Well, if you would have fasted one more day, the answer would have come. If you would have prayed one more hour, the answer would have come. If we would have uh, repented more fully, then yeah. revival would be here. And I'm like, mm. really? That's debt. That yeah. is debt. But if we can go to God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and join with our high priest who accomplished it for us, and we say, God, will you give revival? What's the answer of God? Yes. Yes, I'll give revival. Amen. Will you yeah. take your lunch break and go preach on the street corner so I can pour my spirit out like I did for Billy Sunday? I'll give it. Will you join me? Will you be? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the crux of the matter is, is that do we have that intense love to where we're so intimate with God because of Jesus? We can be that that God's speaking to us and leading us. And then faith is just soaring and, and God is answering. And so we do ins we do insert Moses in that so often, you know, that if God's, you know, I, I didn't witness to enough people this week. And so, yeah. so the Lord's yeah. upset with me. Well, if yeah. we didn't witness to the people God wanted us to this week, we need to we need to confess that to the Lord and 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 go do yeah. it in faith yeah. what God's telling us to do. But we're not it's in an awful, it's, it's an it's an it's an awful way to live. Oswald Chambers lived like that, you know. He if he didn't pray his allotted prayer that day, he came under such condemnation that he'd have yeah. to go out and find someone poor and give him a load of money just to, to sedate his conscience because his, his view of the covenant was so warped that yeah. it led him to wrong conclusions about himself. And if, if you know, if something continuous is, 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 is undermining your true identity, then as a man thinking in his heart, so he acts. So many Christians act in the flesh because their theology is, well, I must be really saved or I must be this or I must be that because I don't measure up all the time. And, you know, and, and so they, they, the battle is to believe what God has said. Yeah. The battle, is well, to, the battle yeah. of faith is not an easy battle. The battle of faith is the hardest because my own flesh says, that's ah, not enough. I need to do a bit more today. Yeah. He's, cool. He didn't do enough at the cross. And actually, if I had to say that, I, I'm saying that because we have some comments I'm going to read out to you. First of all, just a couple of great comments here. My own wife text me and that's unusual in one of these broadcasts she said oh my goodness what a test me of this man's revelation and humility it speaks power so thank you from her Lee that's from Captain my wife my mom is on saying amen and amen so the two greatest women in my life I've already given you a thumbs up for everything you're saying here 
And uh, Jerry Doyle is, uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. Jerry has asked, have you faced opposition preaching the new covenant? A big fat yes. And yes. it's always come from legalists, but, um, and, and it's always come from within the church because the Apostle Paul, exactly the same. The Judaizers that came up from James were actually Christians that yes. had a lot of the law. James was James wasn't schooled under this three and a half years with Christ. He came in on the coattails, but that's another story, okay? But uh, uh, so, and there's a young man on here. I think it's a man. He says, "Have you any advice for fighting against lust? I have only recently started reading the Bible, and I often have a good week of walking with Jesus. Then I get cocky and I fall into my old ways again." Lee, share something with this poor person here because that is the story of 99.9% of men and a lot of women as well. And yet there is victory, uh, perpetual victory as well as manifest of victory. Can you share something with this Very young man? Quickly, your answer, read Romans chapter eight and learn to live by the life of the spirit of Christ who is in you. Your lust are there and, and they're in that flesh that has been crucified with Christ, but you have to not, it's not the power of your denial. It's receiving the provision of the Lord. It's not just denying something, but it's receiving God's answer for for your desires, and yeah. uh, and and confess it, and 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 make no part with it, and believe that Jesus can give you the victory. Don't ever give up on Jesus. He can give you the victory. Well, what what I've noticed is, uh, well, one of the things that that brought me to really seeking out New Covenant was I heard myself saying actually to a young man you must do you must be and you must try harder and i find myself saying that type of thing to myself as well i must do i must do more of this and pray more be more read more uh do more and what i've noticed is that the language starts to change because when you actually believe uh, a new covenant when you believe that the Christ is enough, when you believe that the Holy Spirit gives me enough strength, you start to say, he will do in me and he will do it through me. And you, the language starts to change if you if 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 you really believe it. And and it's a great test actually, I think, of 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 what way your thinking actually is and, and where your belief, where your faith actually is. Amen. It is. You know, Jesus said in John three, they that do truth they come to the light. That, that's what doing truth is. It's coming to the light that your deeds might be exposed. It's like, I'm not going to hide anymore. I don't have to hide this from God anymore. I don't have to pretend it's not there. I don't have to tell God I'll never be this again. No, I'm just going to come to him and God, I've got this lust and I'm not going to hide it from you. And I promise you, beloved, Jesus well, can deliver you. He's going to deliver you in a twinkling of an eye at the rapture of your body. So it's not that God can't. But that struggle is allowed so that you can learn more about God and yourself in this. I think you nailed it in that in that last um, when the scripture says, "I desire honesty in the inward parts." Yes. The only thing that we can bring to the table here uh, to, to this red hat person who put this comment in is just to be honest with God. Uh, you can't. You have no perfection to bring to this. All the perfection is imputed to you by putting your faith in Christ. Yes. So God sees you in Christ because you have truly seen him as the only way of salvation. You've truly repented. In other words, you've turned from your sin. It doesn't mean it's not barking at your heels, but you're not, you're not defined by it. And so when you're honest about your situation, you know, and so there's, but there's two ways to be honest. You can be so honest about your sin that you deny your faith. Say, yeah, I am having issues with lust here, but I do believe and I love him and I want him and I, I don't make a treaty with this area of my life, but I won't let it deny me who I am as well. So mm -hmm. as you begin, to, so there's this fight goes on. Of course, we have to resist. Of course, we don't want these things in our lives. They're not honoring to the Lord and they're destructive to us. But if we let our failures erode the higher truth and the higher reality that he is the one that declares me innocent. Amen. He is the one that calls that which is not as though it were. He is the one that imputes his righteousness. He is the one that calls me holy. Amen. He is the one that calls me the righteousness of God. He is the one that calls me friend. He is the one that speaks these things over my life. So whatever area of vice you're trapped in at the moment, do not let it erode that truth. Because as you augmented that truth, the supernatural yeah. power of grace will begin to work in your life. And it's a journey. It's a, it's a journey in faith now for you to say, okay, I'm going to keep my heart and focus in Christ. And you'll see as time goes on, 
the Holy Spirit will fortify you against these vices because he's powerful, he's God, he's going to strengthen you. And even in the areas of failure, sometimes even in these areas of failure, God teaches us a lot about ourselves to keep oh, yeah. us from getting proud. Because I'm telling yeah. you one thing, us men can be very arrogant and very high with truth and very, you know, we know it all. But there's always something there that we are dealing with in our own lives. And God always brings us back. Don't get too high. You're still, there's still a lot of flesh there. So, you know, God's doing something in your life. And I like the fact that you would... You would just send in an honest comment like that. But I, we want to encourage you, whoever you are, that if you do love God and you're reading his word, keep on. Amen. Because he's with you and he's never going to turn his back on you. He never will. That's an Amen. impossibility. You could turn your back in him. That's right. But he'll not turn his back on you. That's the Praise fear. God. Fear we have about the power of sin now for the Christian. It's not that it turns God from you. That's impossible in the New Covenant. It's impossible for God to turn away from you in the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, when you sinned, He turned away from the people. But in the New Covenant, He says in Jeremiah 32, I'll make a new covenant and I will never turn away from doing you good. So in this relationship, God will never turn. The issue is don't let sin get a hold of your heart because it can turn you from Him and that will be catastrophic. So don't ever think as a Christian that it is, it is God walking away from me because that is not the deal in town. The deal is that he says there's no shadow turning with him towards you. Mm. He is exactly this. He looks at you today and says, I don't sin. You're the righteousness of God. And if you start to believe that, the supernatural will happen. And you will come through that problem powerfully in God. Just a couple of more comments before we go. There's a Mary O'Brien, not our tradition, Mary O'Brien here at the church. You're dealing with some alcohol issues. We're going to pray for you in closing. And thank you for joining us today. Jerry, Joy, thank you for your lovely comments. Uh, you, there's a Carlin red path on you probably know her. she says Lee is the best actor ever so, <laughs> you, uh, thank you for that uh, we, we, we're trying to keep him humble here you know, at the moment so you're doing a good job for breaking that I've got but enough think, enemies to be humble <laughs> we, we, think, we think he's the best pastor ever too we love him he's a wonderful man of God we're honored to have him here today I hope to have you back regularly Lee and I hope to okay. have you back preaching in the Irish church because the journey you're on with the truth that you're preaching uh, we love it because to us it's life and health and yeah. peace. It, it's, it's refreshing. And uh, so let's just pray, brethren. Yeah. I know I'm bringing this quickly to an end because I'm sure I know the hour's up and I don't want to stretch it more than that. Mm. But let's just pray for those, particularly Red Hat, whoever you are. Mary O'Brien, we're going to pray for you and everybody else on screen and watching today that this grace that is not some mystical object, grace is Christ. This yeah. Christ. You know, who promises himself to you supernaturally to the Holy Spirit is available to you at every second, both waking and sleeping, every moment, every decisecond he's with you. And as the battle for you is faith versus unbelief. That's the battle now. It's not about sin anymore. If you're a Christian, the sin is dealt with. The issue is faith versus unbelief. The devil will try to rob your faith and rob your confidence. And we're going to pray for those watching that are battling in their faith that that's what must hold. Jesus said, I pray that your faith will hold. If faith will hold, keep believing me. Keep trusting me. And the supernatural deliverance has to be of God because if it was of our own ability, we could stand up and boast about it. You'll stand up one day, but you'll say, wow, amazing grace. How sweet the sound Amen. that saved a wretch like me. Will you pray, Pastor Lee? And uh, Steve, you pray, then I'll just give an amen at the end of that. Sure. Everybody watching, please close your eyes. Don't switch off now. Just pray with us. Let God will touch and minister to many that are listening today around this city, around this country, and around this world. Thank you, Pastor Lee. Father, how much we love you. Yeah. Thanks, how Father. grateful we are that you love Thank us. You, Father. Thank you, Father. And we you, can Father. come to you, Father, and know that your heart is open towards us and the provisions of redemption mm. and the power of salvation is now unleashed upon humanity Thank for everyone you. who comes to you. And I pray for this young person, Hallelujah. Red Hat Father, who's dealing with yeah. lust, this precious lady who's dealing with alcohol. Oh, Father, God. in the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. let the power of your spirit work Hallelujah. in your lives so forcefully. Hallelujah. From this, Father, bring them that freedom. Give them that grace, Father, that gives them the desires that you have. Let them hate what you hate and love what you love, God, by the yes. inworking of your spirit in their life. Thank you for letting them listen, Father, and let Hallelujah. them live faith in this grace, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, thank I, you, I, I thank you, oh God. Oh, Lord, for 
Lord, 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 truth, oh God, truth, Lord, that we can, Lord, base all our faith on, oh God, oh Lord, that we can, oh Lord, Lord, just put it, that we can fully depend on you, Lord, we can lean on you, oh God, and Father, Lord, I, I, I thank you, God, for the honesty, Lord, of, of Red Hat, oh God, Mary O'Brien, oh God, I thank, Lord, for their honesty, oh God, I thank, Lord, for the honesty, Lord, I'm sure there are many of the people who are listening, oh God, Lord, that they're, they're not happy, Lord, with the weaknesses, Lord, with the disappointments, Lord, with, with the failures, oh God, we are not happy with those, oh God, but thank Jesus. you, oh God, that they are covered, oh God, oh Lord, by the cross, oh God, they are covered by the cross, oh God, and there's a new strength in you, Jesus, Lord. Oh, Lord, there is an overcoming life in you, Jesus. And so, Lord, today, God, we turn to you, oh God. We, Lord, Lord, we, we can't, oh Lord, Lord, kick ourselves up the rear end and, and tell ourselves to do a better job, oh God. We come to you, oh God. We put our faith in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you're our strength, oh God. You're our hope, oh God. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, Lord. And thank you, God, for your strengthening, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, bless thank Red you, Lord. Hat and Mary O'Brien mm. and, and all our brothers and sisters listening today god oh lord struggling lord with temptation of one sort of an or another jesus yes oh lord Father. give them a great confidence oh god a great joy hallelujah. lord, lord the joy of the lord is our strength lord the joy hallelujah. lord, lord we are jesus. forgiven oh god lord even in our worst moments lord you forgive us oh god oh lord hallelujah, you choose lord. lord lord to look on the righteousness of christ rather than our failures oh god thank you oh god oh lord and i pray lord lord just that that joy lord your your holy spirit strengthening oh god lord we would we, come lord oh lord and, and minister in your name jesus oh bless god jesus. bless god Hallelujah, bless god lord. we thank you lord god now unto him who's able to keep us and to present mm. us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy unto him be glory and honor in the church we bless mm. today lord Thank you for Pastor Lee, Lord, and all our great friends in Baton yes, Rouge, God, for his family, Lord, for the great testimony, Lord, for the work that you're doing in him and through him, Lord. Continue to use him for your glory, Lord. Thank you for all those who have joined us today, Lord, watching online and commenting, Lord. I pray, Lord, they will never lose sight, Lord. I pray, Lord, that their honesty will never deny the greater truth yes, Lord. that, Lord, Christ in them is still the hope of glory. Yeah. And I bless you now, Lord God. Thank you for today, Lord. Continue to build your kingdom, Lord. Continue to add to your church, God. Continue to yes, open our Lord. hearts and minds to what you're doing. And continue to work within us and to will, Lord, your good Jesus. pleasure, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Pastor Lee, thank you for joining us. Pastor Steve, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Nick, Pastor Lee. What a joy. What a lovely conversation. God bless you both. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.